Welcome to another episode of the Washington State Retirement Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Meikle. And if you're new here, I specialize in helping you guys understand your complicated retirement benefits so that you can utilize them to retire earlier and pay less in taxes. Now, today is a special episode that I want to dedicate to Coach Duarte, who recently passed away towards the end of 2023. Now, Coach Duarte will always be a special person in my life because he was one of the head coaches when I first got hired on at Sela Track and Field. And at the time, they had a policy where they didn't want to hire kids right out of college, but they actually talked to my head coach at Central, and they made the exception. And I'm just so grateful that they took the time to take a chance on me and bring me into their amazing program. Now, Coach Duarte was actually a teacher in Sela High School for a long time as a Plan 3 member. Coach Duarte was always such a passionate, friendly, and happy-go-lucky guy. I always enjoyed my time talking with him, and he always had so much to say and knowledge that he could, he could drop on us. He was primarily the sprint and hurdle coach, and when I first started coaching, I was only going there twice a week as a kind of volunteer after I got off work, so I didn't get to spend as much time with him as I would have liked. But he's one of those people that really installed the Sela culture in me and just the competitive nature of it all. So coming from Hawaii, where we had our own track track and field program with kind of different rules and stuff to here, everything was just a little bit different. And I actually like how many more meets people have here, how it's midweek, and there's how you have the competitive league meets. And at the time, I didn't really realize that, you know, I didn't know what league was or how, how meets were scored. And Coach started to always take the time at every meet and come up to me and, you know, how are we doing, coach? And he always wanted to know where we placed. And I never understood why. And he goes, no, everything's scored. We're trying to win, like, this championship. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize we scored these kind of meets. You know, how does it work? So he filled me in on it. Like, yeah, so the top three pe- top three people will score against these schools. So, yeah, so anyways, he brought me up to speed on it. And ever since then, I've always kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And that's what I started to encourage the kids with was don't go out there and just try to beat your time or, you know, jump a new height. If you do that, that's great, but we're going to go out there and compete. And if you do nothing else, just try to beat that one kid from the other school. And when we changed the mindset and took the pressure off of them trying to beat their best performance ever, they just beat this kid. It just made the event a lot more fun and enjoyable for everyone. And this past season was probably one of our best ones yet. My high jump girls was able to sweep pretty much everyone in the CWAC league except for Othello. They had a really good jumper last year, but we were able to clean sweep everybody else throughout the league meets. And... That's just something that, you know, Coach Duarte instilled in me. So beyond that, we'll get off the track subject now. The reason I wanted to talk about Coach Duarte here today was he was a teacher, like I mentioned, Plan 3, and he asked me to help him with his retirement transition. And when I spoke with him, his main concern wasn't about running out of money. He wasn't concerned about long-term care or tax or anything like that. He had one thing he told me, and that was, all I want is to make sure my money is protected so it can go to my daughter. So that's the only thing he asked me to do. He says, what do I need to do to protect this money? So today I'm gonna to talk about different protection strategies, what we ultimately did, things that I wish I would have known earlier, and what I would have done differently had I known better. So when it comes to protecting assets in retirement, it's important to remember that you don't wanna take your foot off the gas pedal just because you're retired. You still have near 20, 30 years of market growth and it's important to keep fueling and growing your pot of money. The worst thing you can do is to move it on to cash or bonds, eliminate all of the growth, and then we start pulling money from it. There's not enough growth to replace what you're taking out of it, and that's usually when people run out of money. It's like driving 10 miles an hour 
on the freeway. It's just darn dangerous because you might get rear-ended. So while protecting money is safe, we want to make sure we do it strategically. We don't want to move all our money into the safe asset, but we want to move a portion of it to reduce the amount of volatility and risk we have in our investment portfolios. So what can we do? So with the current high interest rate environment that we're in, people are usually putting money into one of three areas, and that is high yield savings, CDs, or I bonds. Now, as interest rates start to decline, we expect interest rates in all of those to start to go down. So those are three places you could keep your money. Remember, a CD is a certificate deposit you usually get from a bank. You put the money in for a certain period of time, and then at the end of that period of time, you get credit of the interest. Now, the interest is taxable. Now, I've never really been a real big fan of CDs, just because I know there's higher interest options out there that are just as safe. Another way you could go is with I-bonds, which is those inflationary bonds. So those are good back in 2022 when inflation was sky high, and these things were paying you know, 9 or 8% per year that was a great investment at that time but now as inflation has been coming down they're trying to pay less and less currently as recording of this they're only paying a little over five percent which is still better than cds or high yield savings accounts but it is substantially a lot less than we were getting before and we could drop below four percent when they renew those rates in april now the other one we i mentioned was is a high yield savings account it's something i feel like everybody should have all the high yield savings account is is just like a savings account i'm sure you already have at a bank but they just pay you more interest they're still fdic insured there's no minimums there's no fees they're typically online institutions so they're going to be something like ally discover goldman sachs things like that so it's going to be a little bit different you can't just like drive to it take your money out but because they're online they typically pay you a higher interest rate and not just a little bit more a lot more the average interest rate for most big banks is 0.06%, which is like nothing, right? Whereas these other high yield savings accounts are paying somewhere between four and 5%. So you get a lot more return on your money. Now you still gotta pay taxes on that money, but you can actually start earning some money on there. Now, I actually recently just met somebody that said they had $50,000 in emergency fund and they wanted recommendations to do with it. And I said, hey, if it's an emergency fund, don't do anything with it because you need it to be there. But what you could do is move it out of a big bank, move it into a high yield savings bank, and if they're earning next to nothing, you get 4% on it. And that 4% equates to $2,000 per year just for sitting in the bank. You don't lose any insurance or safety net at all. You just shifted to a higher paying provider. There's a lot you can do with $2,000 of interest. Those are the kind of the basic introductory ways of where most people go when it comes to protecting their money. However, when we're talking about retirement dollars, we really can't cash out our retirement accounts and put them into those things without paying a boatload of taxes on it. So what other options are available for retirement accounts specifically? When it comes to that, there are typically three other options you can go with. You can go into the market, assume some risk in the portfolio, but know that you're gonna have a lower volatility. So it's not gonna move up and down as much. So you might have more bonds, some certain stocks in there that you know are more steady, but they don't have the really big swings that would uh, make you get scared. So that's one option, but you still run the risk of having down years. Some people don't wanna go that route at all because they don't want the risk involved in their portfolio, and that's fine. That option's not bad because it is liquid. You can take money out of it at any time. There's no surrender penalties. So that option is always available. Now, when it came to Coach Duarte, I was still working at AXA Equitable. So if the market was out of the question, and I was limited to only using their annuity products, 
and he didn't get any income, obviously. I only had one way to go, and that was using something called a buffer annuity. Now, a buffer annuity, in the simplest terms, is a place where you can put money into it. It doesn't produce any income, right? It's not an income annuity, but it's invested in the market. Now, it has something called a cap and a buffer, or like a loss protection. So there's only four ways it plays out. If I put money into it and it says a cap is at 10%, so that means the most I can make is 10% in a given year, and the market is 5%, you get the 5% because you're underneath the cap. If the market did 20%, you're capped at 10. So you lost 10% of earnings because you have, you're capped. Now, why would you have a cap on it? It's for that buffer, the downside protection. You're giving up some upside potential for some downside protection. So on the flip side, the market, let's say you had a 10% buffer, which means the company's gonna eat the first 10% of losses for you. So if the market ends and it's down 5%, the company eats that 5% of losses, you lost nothing that year, it was a flat year from you, which means the following year, you don't have any losses to make up from. So you can usually get ahead of people that are trying to recover from last year's losses. Now the last thing that pays out is if you have a big bear market, let's say the market was down 20%, they took the first 10% of losses for you. So you're only down 10%. So everyone else is panicking because they're down 20, you're only down half as much, you're down 10%. So it's a lot less room to make up from. So these buffers can be extended by the way. 10% was just an example. You can get them at 20 or 30% or even further on past that. But 20% is gonna protect you from something like 70% of all market corrections. So it's a fairly low risk strategy to employ. At the time, that's all I could use, and that's what we ended up doing, and it worked great. It went worked through the, the flash crash of 18, and held okay through COVID. So that was that is an option that is available to you. Now that I am not in that world, and have more options out there, you actually can get the same type of buffer annuity inside of an exchange traded fund, or an ETF. So these ETFs can be bought inside of any kind of investment portfolio that you want. So the advantage of this, you get all the features and benefits I just talked about, but because you're not buying the annuity, there's no surrender period. You don't have to lock up your money or contact an insurance agent. You can just buy it inside of an IRA or inside of a Roth IRA. So the trade-off with doing that though is you do have to pay a fee for it and they're gonna be higher than you know other ETFs. I've seen these range from half percent to 0.8. So it's about what you'd pay for like an American funds mutual fund anyways. So it's not like it's a crazy fee and you are getting some kind of benefit for it. If I had to redo it over today, that might be one way I would go. Or the other option is using something called fixed annuities. So a fixed annuity has a floor of zero, which means you can never lose money in them. You're guaranteed to always maintain what you put into the contract. And then when it grows, you're gonna get a portion of that growth. So you might get 60% of what the market does or 50%, whatever they decide at the beginning of the year. So those contracts I like a little bit more because there's no downside risk and there's no cap for, you know, depending on the strategy you choose, there's no cap, so you could potentially earn more in them. Now, all in all, while it might sound good, remember these are safe assets, they're not gonna make you rich, their only job is to preserve your accounts. So they might grow a little bit, but don't believe anyone that says, hey, they're gonna average eight or 10% every single year. I personally haven't seen it ever worked out. We've had some great returns. I've seen them go, you know, double digit returns on these accounts in a single year. But as far as averaging high single digits consistently, I just haven't seen them play out like that yet. Now moving on beyond the investment piece of it all, what other ways you could do to protect your money and make sure it goes on to kids? So at the time I didn't have the knowledge or wherewithal to go beyond just looking at the investments and putting money in an account, right? That's kind of, you know, level one advisor stuff. 
Nowadays, I actually expand my thinking and I'm going beyond that. So we're looking at the tax planning part of it. So had I known that at the time, if this is going to his daughters and with the new rules that go into play for inheriting IRAs, the money has to be distributed within 10 years on pre-tax accounts. But if I got ahead of it and we did strategic tax planning or conversions and got that money out of pre-tax and moved it into tax-free accounts, then the daughters would have been able to inherit the money without incurring any kind of taxes or being forced to take money out and pay taxes on it. The next level of thing that I would have done differently is double check the estate plan to make sure that everything was all lined up. So make sure that he had current wills, power of attorneys and things like that. Now I'm not sure if he did or not, but that's just one area that I never bothered to look at because I was stuck in that level one thinking mentality when I was stuck working for that other company. Now that we've broadened my horizons and we do holistic financial planning, those are all those areas that we cover and look at to make sure you're protected from multiple angles so you can be confident in your plan. As we wrap this up, the thing that really keeps me going is knowing that we're just one day closer to the next track season. It kicks off on February 26th this year, and I'm so excited. I actually still have the original hat that was given to me when I first started coaching back in 2015. So this is something that I've always kept around each year just to remind me how far I've come and the people I've met along the way. And Coach Duarte was one of those important people that really made a big impact on my life. And since he departed our program, I've actually got a chance to work with the Spinners. And I really wish I could you know, be in contact with Duarte to ask him for advice because as a high jump coach going to coaching Spinners, it's a lot different. And it was actually a lot more technical than I thought. And I really wish I would have had someone like him to rely on or ask questions about or just been around when he was in his prime coaching. So I just guess this just serves as a reminder, for me at least, to always learn from those around you because you never know how much time any of us have on this earth. So with all that said, always remember that your future depends on what you do today and I'll catch you guys next time. All right, before I sign off, just a real quick legal disclosure that we're required to say as licensed fiduciary advisors. So remember that this is a podcast. It is designed for educational entertainment purposes only. I don't know you personally, therefore I cannot give you any personal advice. So please don't take anything that we say on the show as being personal, financial, legal, or tax advice. If you want that kind of stuff, make sure you seek out a professional so they can help you with the strategies and investments that are right for you. Also, please remember that despite the name of our show, we are in no way associated with Washington State or the Department of Finance Systems or any other Washington employer. We are a private owned firm that specializes in working with Washington State employees, which is why we know so much about this stuff. So remember, we don't work for the state in any way, shape or form. So please don't confuse us as being an official representative of the state. All right, that's it for the legal stuff. I'll catch you guys all next time.